child, things are gonna get easier. Ooh, child, things will get brighter. Oh, music. I love you so much. Here's to music, making mortality better one song at a time. We made it. We're back. Oh, it's a miracle. It does. It feels like a miracle sometimes. If I could offer you a view of what my heart and mind feels like sometimes in the morning before I swim, before music really saves my life, which I'll I'll get to why that matters so much in a way that connects to this episode. If I could show you what it is to wake up (laughs) in the morning uh, this this here, sitting down here <laughs> with you, sometimes it does feel miraculous. But but also, let's just not be so dramatic. I clicked record, and here I am in your ear feeling grateful that I have something to do that has someone out there who is receiving it. So thank you for listening. You know who you are. If you're hearing me now, this thank you is for you. And yeah, the music. Music. Music, music, music gets me here. Music gets me out of that that hard wake up. And I'm doing a better job, by the way, of playing upbeat songs, listening to like Tierra Whack lately or Taylor Swift's Antihero on repeat. Oh my goodness, it does. It saves my life. Music saves my life. And I just want to say part of how I got here today is because of music, like the music from the guests in this episode, how it floated me somehow here, somehow buoyed me enough. Oh, and by the way, this is Ned Buskirk. Welcome to You're Going to Die, the podcast. So here's the deal. I just want to introduce these guests. So glad to have a couple people to have a conversation with. We don't always get to do that, but um, it's happening. It's happening in this episode. It'll happen again, I'm sure. It's happened before with the Feelings Parade. Such a treat to have that kind of dynamic interaction in vulnerable ways, talking about things that matter and talking about the good work of these two musicians. American songwriters Liam Robinson and Gene Rowe were brought together over 15 years ago by their mutual love of afternoon song swaps, American folk ballads, and wordplay. Since then, they've written a distinctive body of original repertoire that draws on the roots music they hold dear and engages their versatile musical and literary sensibilities as arrangers, improvisers, poets, and producers. Both accompanied artists in their own right, Liam is music director and vocal arranger of the Tony Award sweeping musical Hades Town on Broadway. If you haven't listened to Hades Town, oh my goodness, definitely go check that out. What a project, what an album, definitely available on Spotify, lots of places to listen to that. Anais Mitchell, ooh, it's magic. Speaking of music that meets me where I'm at and saves my life. Gene's songwriting has recently won awards from the Caraville Folk Festival and Brooklyn Arts Council with the release of a cinematic collection of new songs, Into the Night, on Righteous Babe Records. You might recognize that label from a past guest connected to Ani DeFranco. So glad to have this network of musicians somehow. I get to be 
in these conversations with. But with that album, Into the Night, the duo brings us a portrait of togetherness and honest, defiant joy in a messy world. Those last words there are from Anais Mitchell. I hope you enjoy this episode of You're Going to Die, the podcast with Robinson and Rowe. A big part of my music life um, is a project I'm involved with at Sing Sing out here on the East Coast mm-hmm. um, through Carnegie Hall Musical Connections. I go up there about once a month um, and there's there are other artists too who are going up and facilitating musical experiences with some really um, beautiful artists who are incarcerated there right now. Um, And, you know, death is never far from that conversation. I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot of the time we're trying to revel in our aliveness and togetherness and the, the, the kind of other space that music and art opens up for, for us to inhabit together, you know, beyond these questions of guilt and innocence and beyond mm-hmm. the like limitations of the criminal justice system to um, restore us um, because it is a very limited, like blunt tool that we have at our disposal to, um, to make things right. I mean, it, it's, it, it doesn't do that whether mm-hmm. people are innocent or, you know, guilty. And there are a number of folks there for whom, you know, they've, they've caused someone else's death. Um, one could argue that there are a lot of factors combining to make that happen, but that's something that, that folks are contending with. There are folks in our program who have died um, just in this past year who we remember in our music all the time and who motivate um, our playing together. Um mm-hmm. And I guess I don't want this to sound trite, but the the sense of resistance through art, resistance mm-hmm. to the disconnection that a prison environment attempts to impose for everyone involved in that picture, not just the people incarcerated there, but for all of us on the outside, for the people who work in those environments, you know, to resist that through that disconnection through music and to do what we can to reweave those, those fabrics together. Um, you know, I carry that with me when I leave and I know what you're talking about, about mm-hmm. the grief, the, the crying, certainly for me being part of it, I have to keep reminding myself like, this is just not normal. However many times I might go walk in, through all those gates and barbed wire and fences, it's, um, that is not normal. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. um, and I feel it mostly when I'm on my way out. Um, and, and the folks I'm working with so deeply are not coming to. Yeah. Um, I know that feeling that's something, something else for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I I feel like that's one place to start with that question about musical mm. medicine. Um, you know, for other people, but also for myself, Liam, I don't know how you feel about this, but 
to me, the act of writing songs particularly is a place for me to kind of get, get myself right, get my mind together in a way that other, um, outlets and conversations and stuff don't tend to afford me. Mm. There's some like slowing down that happens in the process of writing that, um, really, I don't know. It's, it, it just allows me the, the time I need to kind of, yeah, slow down the moment. It feels important <laughs> to have you describe it that way too. And then I want to give you a chance, Liam, to kind of throw your two cents in on this, but that I, I pitch it to you as, so your songwriting is, <laughs> like, I just imagine you sit down and be like, I'm going to write a damn good song that's good medicine and it'll heal everybody that listens to it. And that that's not probably the natural beginning that probably like even how I described to us getting to talk, the natural beginning is what do I need right now? Like, and knowing you, you two likely in the little ways I know you are people who need what you just described, Gene, which is like, okay, I need to sit down. Like my part of my processing is getting this song out is writing this feeling I'm having is, you know, getting this moment of creation, creating, um, that feels really important to acknowledge before the you make songs to change the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's kind of like what you were describing about your own journey in the you're going to die kind of process of coming into being and trying to make sense of loss in your life. Like, uh, I've, I, I'm feeling more and more like art is not like for something. The things that we make Mm. may have consequences, but we can't really control what they are and um, control what they are in the world. And so for me, the impetus to write comes so much from, um, yeah, exactly that. Me just having a, a need to understand the the world which mostly doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. and to, yeah. to slow it down to a speed where I can take it in. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the question about music as medicine is, <clears throat> well, there's two sides to it. It's like medicine for, <clears throat> is it medicine to like make, to write music as the writer? Is it medicine to perform music, like to listen to music? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, yeah, sort of along the lines of what Gene's saying, like, I don't usually have in mind an intended consequence that I want for the listener. It's more just that, like, if I don't do something creative, if I go too long without, like, actually, like, entering a creative space, like, I'm kind of fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess in a way that's medicine. Like that I'm just going to be like a little bit fucked up if I don't sit and like write songs or or, or like do whatever I need, like do something creative. You're Mm -hmm. self-medicating. Yeah, I'm (laughs) self-medicating just to get to equilibrium. Good version of of that word finally, you know, Uh, (laughs) where it's just so default. It's just like, uh uh-oh, you know, what are the ways we self-medicate? It just has a negative connotation, but like for real, giving yourself your own medicine, um, your good medicine, the medicine that's like healing for you is getting those moments. Mm. Yeah, and I guess we just have to trust, you know, because there's plenty of people that make, that have creative practice that don't 
really influence other people, but as performers, yeah. as people that share our work, we just have to trust that when we go through that process ourselves and we, you know, come out the other side of it, uh, having like developed a thing that, that it's going to have some impact on someone, but we can't, we can't really say what that is. Right. Like, oh, this song is to help you do this thing. It's just like, <laughs> right. we have to trust that the song had integrity because we made it with integrity and therefore That's right. people will feel it or, you know, they'll have something, something will happen. Some mm-hmm. magic will happen when, when we play it or when they hear it. Well, but just to acknowledge the album, you know, into the night that we're going to, certainly make time to talk about more in depth as, as at least as much as y- y'all are feeling like it in the ways it connects to this context. You're also wonderful musicians. You know that there could be a performance aspect, which actually I, I relate to, you know, there's a way, like I described very briefly, I went to LA to act, you know, there's a part of me that loves performing. It's part of why I do the podcast. I love like being the center of attention in some ways. I love like holding people's rapt attention, whether by, you know, be by making them laugh or by pulling forth those, those harder, you know, emotions and making room for that too. Um, and, and so I'm, what I'm saying is that I relate to the work I do in the world as I'm getting what I need by making the space for it creatively. And so then surprise other people need that too. And also it's kind of entertaining, you know, and that you guys are so good at what you do like I didn't listen to the album repeatedly because I was like, I better listen to the album repeatedly before I talk to them. I listened to the album repeatedly because it's fucking good and you're wonderfully talented musicians. And so it's just kind of cool to keep that in mind too, where we don't take ourselves so seriously that, okay, this song was medicine I needed and maybe someone will receive it that way. And what an entertaining, wonderful, like creative expression you, you put into the world with your work. Hey, thanks. Yeah, yeah, thank you. That's really kind. Yeah, thank you guys. I want to give Liam, I want to give you a chance. Uh, <laughs> I always have this feeling when someone hasn't known or been in communication deeply with, and I know Gene's certainly must have given you a good sense for what to expect here. But I also want to say, like, I know where Gene's coming from after communicating with Gene for a year or two <laughs> uh, or more around the things that that connect in in from our work, you know, in the world. And then for you, I'm like, after my opener and description of all our programming and the talking about you're going to die, it's like, I imagine sometimes people being like, what the hell? I thought we were just promoting our new album. I'm going to (laughs) go. I'm going to leave you two alone. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You don't mind. (laughs) But I'm wondering how you're, how you're nestling in here. This is the hot 100. Uh, We're going to do a little plug. Yeah. You're listening to. Yes. Um, But I'm wondering like kind of to give you a chance to express a little, a bit of the ways you did kind of already come in here or the ways you're connecting to some of the stuff I've shared already. Um, about the point of the show and the work we do, just sort of checking in to see how you're feeling and how you're here, I guess, the ways you are showing up. Dig it. Love it. Mm, good, great. <laughs> great. Well, that's our show, no, everybody. I, uh, oh. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, no, actually, we listened to uh, an episode on the train yesterday mm. on the way to a, a play, and you Which actually one? shared. Um, you said like, for those of many of you are like, you know, longtime listeners, uh, 
And so you know what this is about. But then you did a little, actually, a little spiel mm. on the show. So mm-hmm. I got, I was like, oh, this is great. This is for oh, me. Oh, cool. Good. Yeah, yeah. Right on. <laughs> what up? Ep- <laughs> great. Good. What up? Ep- <laughs> what episode was Oh, shit. I knew you were going to quiz me on it. It was a comedian. Oh, yeah. Sheng Wang. Yeah, Sheng Wang. That's that right. Great. I yeah. remembered that Ali Wong produced. That's the, right. Her, like this, his um, special. Special, yeah. But yeah. I couldn't remember his name yet. Thanks for making time for that. Yeah, it's yeah. nice to like get to know each other through the the creative content that already exists. Um, yeah. So appreciate it. Uh, now, I, I don't know if End of the Night is the next. Or, and also, I feel like I kind of cut you off a little bit, Gene. Um, was there more you wanted to add to that particular line of questioning? Oh, um, about uh, talking about creative process and yeah. Kind of getting what you uh, need. Not really. Uh, you know. I think I, okay, cool. I think I said what I what the medicine. We is could go for on forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <right>. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the album real quick. Um, into the night, and I think I kind of want to go back to the beginning of the story, which feels like you're maybe starting working on this album before the pandemic. That's right. And and it'd be kind of cool to get a little background of that, how that was, and, and maybe in the ways that like it stopped and started this this project and also fed it, I'm sure, yeah. in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, we had a, you know, as songwriters, it's like sort of collecting your own songs for a little while and they build up into a pile that feels uh, like a nice... Uh, media that feels like a meal and then you're like okay let's cook this thing and make Mm -hmm. a record and um so that was 2019 that we were gearing up to do that and um yeah we were kind of we were envisioning this very like our first record um is called hunger and that was like we did it kind of fast intentionally fast and everything was pretty much live in the studio and we just wanted to really like capture the magic of this, of this core ensemble. It was just a string band kind of record, very folky thing. And this one we were like, okay, we're going to, going to like pull the camera back a little more, do something that's just like got a bigger scope. It's a little more cinematic. Um, it's going to just have more people on it and more sounds, Mm -hmm. um, just like a more panoramic feel. So we went into the studio in February of 2020. Oh my gosh. And auspicious time. Oh my gosh. There was so much said in just the sentence like that. (laughs) We were full of hope. And we really did think, like, okay, we've got this planned out pretty well. We have some basic (laughs) tracking dates. Then we'll get in the studio with the horn section. Then we'll get in the studio with the singers. We'll like have this in the bag. end of spring at, mm. at the very latest. And I just remember there was a, a friend of ours shooting some video while we were in the studio and she was saying on the breaks, like, I'm supposed to go to Korea to work on a documentary next week, but I don't really think that's going to happen with all this stuff going on. And it's kind of weirding me out. And I, I just, <laughs> it's one of those, we all have those moments we, we look did. back on where we're like, <laughs> Wow, that should be fine. felt meaningless <laughs> yeah, right. the t- at the time, and now it's just that, yeah, portent, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were there in the studio February. We did some really great, like, week of basic tracking with our band rhythm section. Got some fun guests in there, mm. and then we were sort of setting ourselves up to make the like 
lay the foundation for, you know, recording our own vocals and putting the horns and like Gene was saying, putting all these things on there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, everyone knows the end of that story, uh, or at least the middle of that story. (laughs) Um, so, uh, I mean, I kind of wonder, I want to know though. I want to know, like you got stopped from going to the studio. It sounds like y'all maybe lived together then or. Oh, me and Gene. Yeah. Oh yes. Me and Gene live together all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So so I just, I'm thinking of like groups or bands that maybe didn't, you know, and that you had this, and this is not me sugarcoating that time, but I'm wondering like retreating to one another into that, into your home space and how were you with the music then? If there's any way to talk about that. Well, there's an interesting thing, which is like, I feel like the kind of record that I just described and which we imagined is a kind is, is we had already sort of laid the groundwork for this, I'll say panoramic sort of record, very like Mm -hmm. studio focused and big sounding. I think if, I think it's possible that if we hadn't gone the studio in February, 2020 and there was nothing we had done, no tracking on this record when, you know, the world shut down, I think we probably would have made a very different record because we would have just been stuck at home and we probably just would would have made a homemade record, which many Mm -hmm. people did. But I think we'd sort of felt like we'd already, uh, like the DNA was already there for something that we couldn't complete in our bedrooms. Um, right. So we really just, it just, we put it on ice. Um, Mm -hmm. and, did what we could on it, but really just kind of waited around for, I mean, we didn't wait around in the sense that, you know, we just, we did other things and we wrote other things, but the record definitely was in cold storage for, for a year until people felt comfortable about about getting back in the studio and, um, got those, those horns, those, those people breathing on each other, got them back in the studio, (laughs) the singers, everyone's just breathing and spinning everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that's what 2021, like deep into 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Yeah. So, and I think, um, I mean, this record, I guess to the, you know, to the point of, of, the the podcast, but also the the record had death sort of written all over it. And yeah, already it was yeah, or maybe I guess more to the point, mortality, um, yes. if not death, uh, just mortality, and and it just completely changed it. Like it 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 you know these tracks sat there; they weren't done. We hadn't sung on them. And they just, we felt them in a new light. I'm sure we, we then finished the record in a, with a totally different feeling because, you know, death was at our doorstep in a, in a really different way. Mm-hmm. It was already very much on our minds, but then it was on everyone, you know, it was on all of our minds, I feel like. in this, right. Especially, I mean, New York City in spring of 2020 was a, was a, I think that was to, to, to have been here then was a, that, 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 that left a mark, you know, like Mm -hmm. that, uh, not in any sort of comparative way of like who had it worse or anything, but that was a, that was a time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was really a time for this city and, and all of us like, 
you know, in a place that's like so dense and so kind of such an outward place where we're just used to being just bumping so into each other all the time. Right. So I think that uh, the songs just they the the songs took on all of that. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, the record's called Into the Night, which is, you know, it's like one of the meanings of that was about, you know, the night as as the the sort of the the dark place, the the place we or just the the the, the kind of nothingness around us that was it called that already? Um, you know, we it wasn't. Uh, yeah, we the had song some, was called into the song the was night, called into the night titled mm-hmm. the record that yeah and actually that song was the most surprising to me in the way that it felt completely different mm-hmm. in the after during and after the pandemic because it it really is about this um, experience of making music together and playing playing and listening to music in this kind of mythic um, backroom bar venue Um <laughs> and and in some ways, like kind of a, accompanied by the by our forebears, you know, the the musicians and artists um, on whose shoulders we we stand this mm. this this kind of like long view of time in art and music and to just um, feel ourselves and so many of our friends and our music community here and elsewhere you know, separated from, uh, from that, uh, that, that felt like its own kind of death too, in a, in a sense, mm-hmm. um, that song almost felt like it was presaging this moment of nostalgia that we were feeling for mm. a before time that we took for granted. Yeah. I'm yeah. And just Go speaking ahead. to, yeah. I guess yeah. also just it was sort of a looking, looking it once, once we were able to come back together, that song felt like it was about that reconvening, um, too. Yeah. Or just the precious crying singing, (laughs) singing that with anyone. Um, (laughs) yeah. Wow. I wonder it's, it's really special and uncommon to get to talk to two people on the show and, um, so I'm feeling grateful for that dynamic of, of conversation and we'll play the game of like focusing on maybe one of you and then bring, making the connections between very naturally because of how woven it seems that you both are in each other's lives and work and music and, and living quarters, it sounds like. Um, <laughs> and, but I want to, I, I want to use this opportunity to say for this album, thinking before the pandemic, maybe to start, what are the ways, or maybe even like start with like the song on the album that most connects to this kind of mortality for you, this being with that fact of existence. Um, I'm just guessing, where did you go? Gene is, is, um, you know, one that lands very, intimately for you, but not to say it doesn't for you, Liam, but wanting to kind of see what your relationships are individually to the album in that way. So you can highlight some of these songs and the, the ways they mean um, something to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that song definitely feels um, closest to the bone for me. 
Um, That's a good way of putting it. Let's go with that phrasing. (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about what's closest to the bone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's your dad's name? My dad's name is Jim Rowe. And he died at the end of January, the last day of January in 2019. Um, He was sick for the year before that. And um, I feel really grateful that I was able to be with him in the moment that he died. Um, It's so weird. I carry... I really miss my dad every day. I, um, I really loved him and he loved me. And, you know, of course, as with any like child parent relationship, there's also a lot of difficult stuff in there. And, um, and this kind of like deep unknown, you know, that I think we experience with any other person that we love and want to know, um, deeply Mm -hmm. but maybe especially with a parent (laughs) when it seems like we should we should get them somehow in a special way Mm -hmm. um or i'll speak for myself i think that's true for me Mm -hmm. yeah so i i um you know i was speaking earlier about writing songs out of a need to make sense of a world that's mostly nonsensical to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think in the moments of like greatest emotion, it's actually hard for me to go to that creative place. It's like still so active. I don't have any distance from it. Um, And so in the, you know, a few months after my dad died, it was a really numb, sad, uh, just complicated feeling. I was checked out of a lot um, beyond just the grieving. But I do remember when I wrote, where did you go? It was probably the summertime. So like about half a year had passed and I was, um, uh, I'm such a verbal person (laughs) and there was a way in which the experience of being with my dad at the moment that he died, it just really transcended my um, like verbal capacity. <laughs> yeah. And, and so that song is very spare in language and um, on the album version, I've, I wrote this horn arrangement that really just allowed the horns to do the emoting um, mm-hmm. and and the electric guitar solo. But when I was working on it at home, I, I was recording myself. I was multi-tracking myself just to get a feeling of those shapes and um, uh, of the horn section. Um and, uh, God, I think there must be a lot of like takes of me trying to sing these wordless mm. lines and just really not being able to get any vocalization out. Cause it was just really, um, mm. hard and sad. You know, my dad was a musician. He was, took up a lot of space, um, 
He was a storyteller. He was he was a self-taught musician, I should say, too. And he played music and told stories to kids um, through most of my life. When I was young, he was a truck driver. He was a limousine driver. And he took care of us, mm. me and my brother. Um, and, yeah, he took up so much space. He was a really... He was a really fun person. He could be a really fun person and was like the center of so many social experiences. He would be the person at any party who'd be getting everybody to sing. He, Even when he was in the hospital, he was like learning songs on mm-hmm. the guitar when he was up for playing guitar. Um, and he was in the hospital for a long time. And there were people who worked on that floor who would come in and sing karaoke in my dad's <laughs> room, yeah. he um, <laughs> made a little sign with crayons that said cafe, whatever his room oh number was. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and so when he left us, it was a big, it was mm-hmm. a big hole. And mm-hmm. I really, I, um, I don't, I don't have a belief system that, uh, that I subscribe to that, kind of explains where we come from mm. and where we go to. Yeah. And that mystery just feels really potent to me mm-hmm. and um like a question that I'm willing to continue living with. Yeah. But it does feel very strange for mm. someone who was so present to suddenly not be um and uh, I just feel grateful to music for being a space for me to express that and just let it sit. You're Going to Die, the podcast is brought to you by a 501c3 nonprofit, YG2D a.k.a. you're going to die. We are committed to making room with community to face this eventuality together, to remember we're not alone and maybe inspire a deeper experience of being alive. If you want to find out more about what we're up to, go to yg2d.com or just enter you're going to die in Google. And that first search page is mostly links to all the things we're up to. And some of those things include lots of events and workshops, online and in person. If you live in the San Francisco Bay Area, coming up in May of 2023, we have multiple open mics, You're Going to Die, Poetry, Prose, and Everything Goes at the Lost Church in San Francisco on Thursday, May 11th, and on Thursday, May 18th in Berkeley at Ashkenaz. Check out the links on our website to get tickets to those events. And yes, we also do a lot of things online. Every Wednesday through 2023 at 5 p.m. Pacific on Zoom, we have a grief release space for community. If you want to bring your grief to a place where community can hold it with you, where you can witness others who need that too, it's a great space. It's free on Zoom every Wednesday, 5 p.m. Pacific for the entire year. Please come and join us if you feel like you need that kind of space. Also, announced about a week ago, Already over halfway full with this episode's release, 
We have another workshop online, our Grief and Healing with Writing and Music workshop happening starting May 10th, Wednesday, May 10th, from 7 p.m. Pacific to 8.45 p.m. Pacific for four Wednesdays in May. Join that space to be with community and respond to prompts, be held by wonderful music, and be together. Remember you're not alone in these losses that we face, in this grief that we share. To find out more details on these events and workshops, and to find out more about what we're up to in the world with our nonprofit, including our prison program, Alive Inside, just go to yg2d.com or go into your Google, type out you're going to die, and all the links that come up will be links to what we're up to. And by the way, if you go deeper into that search, things get a little bit dark. So maybe just stay on that first page. (laughs) It's safe there. Something we somehow have accomplished in the world. Making the first page for searching about you're going to die be a page that's not filled with dark, threatening, scary things. Stay connected. Join our mailing list. We hope to see you soon in some of these spaces. But for now, glad you're here. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Um, yeah, Gene and I are lovers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Saturday Night Live, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love, my lover, lover, lover. <laughs> um, well, that's sweet. I wonder, and I'm sweet. glad to know it's it. Yeah, 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 thanks so for asking. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, and um, not assuming. No, I, I did not assume, but I wonder. Gene and I are sweethearts, and uh. Yes, we've been together for a while now, mm-hmm. and uh, we've known each other for twenty years now. Mm. Um, yeah, wow! Yeah, wow! <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and um, we call each other our co-hosts. We're co-hosts. <laughs> well, I do to the hosting <laughs> of the relationship. <laughs> no, we just try and we just. It's just like once. Once you get to be middle-aged and you've been with someone for a long time, it's like calling them your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. It's pretty stupid. But yeah, right. I mean, co-host. whatever. People should do whatever they want. Like, exactly. So. Exactly. But, but co-hosts. Uh, okay, so yeah, you guys co-host, are co-hosts. Yeah. Partner in crime. Mm-hmm. Uh so I want to acknowledge then, Liam, that this is close to you then too, and and maybe could have been even if you weren't co-host, but just mm-hmm. knowing that this is your loss too and and how easily we may miss a chance to say like, you know, Jim was a part of your life and so this song likely has its own, you know, deep meaning for you. Um, so just wanting to make sure to acknowledge that. Yeah, I think it was, I mean, yeah, just like losing someone that close to you, you know, for Gene and, and, and then also for me, you know, it's just like, that's a big, that, Mm -hmm. that was, 
is and was a big part of our life. And I think just really like colored the things that we were writing about, even if mm. even some of the like sort of, you know, more lighthearted things. Like I feel like there's still like this uh, feeling of like, uh, like I said, like mortality, I guess, mm-hmm. even if it's not always death, it's just like that feeling, even if the feeling is like, let's like, you know, get our rocks off or like, let's, you know, like, <laughs> let's, let's, let's great have fun sense. because, yeah, because we're going to die. Yeah. 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 Um, get our rocks off. <laughs> just a wild sentence. Um, yeah, I feel that. I've been yeah, co-hosting think, for about 20 years. So just to say I relate to that and relate cool. to the being a partner and and being in loss, you know, that shared loss and the impact of it. And, you know, you know, already like my mom's death, that's right when I started dating my now wife. And Mm -hmm. so very immediately I felt that influence. I think we both did. And then of course, when her mom died, um, same, you know, same, Mm -hmm. there's a deepening, there's certainly hard things to get through. I'm sure that you both have experienced dealing with grief and making room for your own and navigating all that. But, um, but how much it, uh, has deepened the relationship and, given you the moments of joy and connectivity too, as much as it's made room for like the heartbreak, you know, inevitably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say, uh, I mean, for me writing songs for this record, like the, one of the concepts of the record is these bookended songs, which is the title became the title of the record into the night. And there's like, a kind of full-fledged song at the beginning and then there's a little reprise that closes out the record. And yeah, Gene was saying like that song sort of takes place at this mythical concert. Like the feeling that I imagined was opening the record as if, you know, and, and welcome asking people to enter this space of like imagining the first note of a show, like mm. the first sort of instant of song being like birthed and our collective experience of that beginning. Um, mm-hmm. And just the magic of that moment. And then I think um, just the kind of circles around that are, that moment also just as a metaphor of all the any any time that we get to, together, whether that's a forty-five minute set or you know a mm-hmm. lifetime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like as the like the chorus of that song is just the phrase "into the night," like that. It's like we're all gonna head back out there, mm-hmm. like after this is over. Um, and yeah, so I think just the, that song was, you know, like it's both like a tribute to music as this, I guess for us as musicians, like, and for anyone who loves music as this, this sort of like ultimate, like communing, Mm -hmm. um, Mm. 
and then also just like this there's a there's a sense in which that that song is just trying to like call forth our uh our um our willingness to just kind of like give it all and leave it all mm-hmm. on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, while we still have breath inside of our lungs, we're lifting our voices up into the night. Hell yeah. Um, That's beautiful. Yeah. It's a, it's a song is like an invocation, I think for the record, but is also just this kind of feeling of like, an invocation of like, let's do like, let's all just, let's do this, mm-hmm. whatever that is, you know, mm-hmm. if that's this imaginary concert or this record or this, you know, just this time together. Yeah. Did you name the, <laughs> did you name the amount of time that you said the set length? Is that the length of the album <laughs> specifically? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's probably around. No, I was just thinking of more <laughs> okay. like as a musician. Like, that's just how, like that's okay, how. you got forty five. Like, <laughs> yeah, right, and then right, it's right. over, and then we're yeah. just like back to you know. Yeah, yeah, but it's true. Like, what are those moments of magic? I feel like you wrote that song, Liam, kind of in summation of the other stuff that was already on the record, and just kind of um, a thesis statement almost for. Mm-hmm some of the other songs on there, like into the night, you're thinking of it that way into the night. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I, that's my recollection. Now time has passed. (laughs) Many other songs have been written. This is the chunk of songs that we're going to put out into the world. That's that feels so alive to me actually right now, but to to retrace the steps of exactly how it all came together. It feels like going (laughs) back into a dream. I mean, I think I was thinking about that, you know, it's like you're, it's out of the night. The album feels that way. You said like the life, the Mm. return to life, you know, it's like the album actually is declaring, I mean, for me, uh, at least I'm, I'm relating to it that way, that it's an out of the night thing. Like here it is this, and and a version of what I've been kind of hovering around with us, maybe unfairly because it's, it, Mm. I don't want to make, I don't want to be too dramatic, but, (laughs) but it does, it feels like, right. I mean, do you relate to that? Beautiful. Mm. I, I, that resonates with me. Mm-hmm. Mm, but, uh, I mean, but also, also, mm. might I add, <laughs> oh, no. just this connotation of night as being something to be avoided or something negative. Yeah, it's not just Oh, sure. Yeah. I don't know, think coming out of the it's night It's also like the place of like, yeah, that's a you good know, point. Like, oh, yeah. No, I didn't, I'm, I know you weren't implying that, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, there's a kind of that's the beautiful thing about the that poetic turn, though, that there's like this, um, you know, the night being this place where so much mystery is to be found and encountered, and that mm. kind of like other side of our like go 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 productive selves. You know, this isn't you're gonna die, so make sure you do tons of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's you're gonna die, so make sure that this night. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That, that whatever's mm. happening on this night is something right. you're like really in. Mm. And when you leave through the doors after this concert and go back out into the night, like how is that going to feel different than when you came in? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I like yeah. that. that that's I, great. It means a lot to hear put that way. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think the other song that comes to mind is the song Ways Down the Road, which is just this little mm-hmm. miniature that's about getting old. <laughs> mm, getting older. Yeah. So Yeah, I could feel that. Even kind of before I saw it in the list here, or maybe revisiting the list you sent, uh, Gene, I think you must have typed this up, but um whoever did the songs that did particularly obviously into mortality, it's listed, but I related to it overtly in that way. So yeah, I appreciate you bringing that, that track up. Did you write that one primarily? Liam? I did. Yeah. That was one of those ones that just, you know, it's not a labored song. It's just sort of just came out and uh, mm-hmm. just thinking about, I think in that one, I was particularly thinking about, relationships, friendships, you know, Mm -hmm. friendships. Once you, you know, get to be in your middle age, it's like you realize you've known some people for kind of a long time. (laughs) Yeah. And there's, and your relationship to them has gone through many phases Mm -hmm. and just, yeah, people who I've, uh, feel a kinship for who I see infrequently, but who it's just like, you know, will always be like, We'll always be friends, even if we never see each other. Yeah, and a particular kind of friend, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. the people that I know that I'm still friends with from, like, grade school, like, that far back. But let's say, like, college for me, that was a deep time of, like, really mm-hmm. new, meaningful, significantly, like, impacting me, like, friendships. And to know anytime I reconnect with them, as little as I get to anymore, there's that old, old knowing seems so unique and precious. Mm, yeah. It's almost like we've, we've lived many lives or the many chapters in mm-hmm. the lives that we've lived. Uh, yeah. Mm. So I want to acknowledge that, you know, we're talking about this album and we're talking about sort of the recent influence, knowing the album was coming out of older relationships with mortality and, and then knowing that there's a way this album is accessible, maybe and, and as wonderful as, as it is, as well-produced and as wonderful of a couple of songwriters and musicians that you are, you know, what a wonderful offering. And I want to acknowledge like the way I started to get to know Eugene in some of our emails and, and actually the ways I know you, Liam, cause I have a, a very intimate relationship with Hadestown. Oh. Um, just, just having listened to so many of those songs for, for so many years, but mm-hmm. acknowledging that both of you, you know, like even before your dad, um, and before my mom, um, Gene, you know, like knowing that there were these early versions of us trying to like make sense of reality or getting doses of mortality. Um, and so I, I want to sort of like chunk through a bunch, not a whole bunch, but a few things on the table now, you know, those train, the train thing where you're in the hub and there's like the many tracks to go on, we can hit them all, but I just want to <laughs> say like, here, look at a, look before us. These are the tracks to take. What, mm-hmm. what is feeling? What, what's your strongest compulsion here? Um, and I'm acknowledging, like, first of all, I'm loving being with you both. It feels just sweet. And, Mm -hmm. um, so, so just grateful for this, um, that we're sharing. Thanks for being seemingly pretty kind and present human beings. Um, (laughs) it's nice to be with you. (laughs) I just don't want to make assumptions that you, you, you click the, the, the mute button or the end and just start screaming angrily and running off into the world, terrorizing (laughs) 
community. But um, wow. but it feels like you're, I don't know. It feels like you're good people. I don't know. <laughs> um, and it's 120 uh, here on the Pacific Coast. Um, so early, so, man. You got so much day left. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which so is, envious. To my I'm point, so jealous. You, may, you, may, you may be like, all right, I'm realizing this, and we only have 15 minutes. But anyway, just acknowledging no, the like, time. I'm like, oh, all shit, right. it's happy hour. Like, we're, I'm sort of like, well, the day is like basically <laughs> spent. So, like, whatever. You have drinks. so much more potential. You have so much more you could do with your Thank day. You, oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Like the end here. Feeling suddenly very anxious about what I need to accomplish. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, so anyway, your guys are good for now, it seems. Oh, yeah. We're okay. Good. All right, Liam, hit it. <laughs> no, let's <laughs> talk about that. Let's talk about Hades Town and, and maybe cool. a little bit of like how that came into being in your life and, yeah. and then especially the ways it connects. I love the, the sentence, Liam's ongoing journeys to the underworld <laughs> as, <laughs> as music director. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Hades Town is this uh wonderful piece by Anais Mitchell it's a musical and it's had a long life uh already yeah. and it arrived on the Broadway stage in 2019 um had a long development at when Anais was living in Vermont and was a cool like DIY theater piece i joined up um in 2016 when it was off Broadway Mm-hmm. as the music director and the vocal arranger. And yeah, it was a piece that I was a fan of. There was a record that was made already with a bunch of cool people on it, Ani DeFranco and Greg Brown and Justin Vernon. And so it was this cool concept album that I liked. And they wanted to make this, you know, more formal theater piece out of it. And, uh, and I came in as a music director with a set of skills that somehow added up to what they needed, but was, uh, I was you say, not. So, you say somehow like you don't know. Oh, as in or- I, well, I, or, or more that it's like they didn't know. Uh, I yes. guess I could sort were- of sense that I was like, oh, I think this would be a good fit. But yeah, the fact that totally. they kind of gave me the keys was, mm. is a little wild because a uh, music director of a musical is a very, is like a job is like mm-hmm. a career that mm-hmm. a lot of people are having. And I was not having that career. I was a sideman in bands and a songwriter and this and that. Um, but I just kind of came through the back door in terms of that, that gig musicals were not something I was a part of in general are, you know, not aesthetically usually to my taste, but uh, this one fit, really well and uh and then got really lucky that it that it just had um life in it you know that it hitched my wagon to uh this thing that became really successful and we did a production in canada like it was being developed it was still being written we did productions and workshops and we did production in london and wow and finally landed um on the broadway in 2019 and, uh, yeah, it was just like, yeah, the, the whole thing was very charmed from the beginning. I feel like just, mm. just picking up a lot of cool collaborators along the way. And yeah. the show is a retelling of the Orpheus myth, um, which a lot of, um, musical pieces, operas and whatnot have been written about because Orpheus is like the ultimate musician in Greek mythology. 
And in the most famous Orpheus story, which this one is about, he goes to the underworld to like win back his love, Eurydice, and uh, uses his power of song to try and like let to try and win her back from Hades. Uh, and um, yeah, and then the, this this piece has still had life. It's still on Broadway. It reopened. Really oh, is that lucky, right? Oh, cool. Really Very lucky cool. that it came back uh, mm. um, in 2020. Yeah, that feels definitely worth acknowledging. Yeah, it it made it, you know, through that time and then also the kind of like time after, which was also a real bumpy road. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of, you know, where, you know, things have leveled out in terms of COVID these days, but obviously like it's been, there's been a lot of chapters to that as everyone is experiencing and the show has a cool tour that has been out your way on the West coast and all over the States. And it's going to have a, a run in the, on the West end in London in 2024. And this so, requires a lot still of your involvement. And do you take these trips out when the, when the show, you know, relocates geographically? Uh, well, the tour moves all the time and mm. um, I have what they call a music supervisor role in that show. So it's a little more, I'm not, I'm not, you know, in the day to day, minute to minute, I'm a little mm-hmm. more, uh, I'm the head of the music department, but, uh, just, you know, kind of making sure things are going well, dealing with things as they come up and, you know, I still get to, I still get to be in the mix and work with actors and train musicians. And that's, mm. that's, that's fun for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then that, that gig also just like allows me a lot of flexibility to, um, step back in and work on my own creative projects like yeah. Robinson and Rowe. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for that. Can I just interject? Yes. Like to the point of this, not the point, there's no point, but the theme of this <laughs> podcast. His, his point you know, Hades Town has a lot of thematic, mm-hmm. really interesting thematic yeah, stuff. Yeah, no in surprise. It, I, I love it. For as those far reasons. as like music as medicine, mm. I feel like it's, you know, it just really hits on you know, the ways that artists, you know, we put ourselves out there um, when trying to kind of in some ways sort of surmount or um, I don't know, meet, meet these forces that are so much bigger than us, Mm -hmm. like death. And we are always thwarted, of course, because that's the way of the world. And yet we get back in the ring and keep making what we make and singing the songs and carrying those stories down. um, Because that's what makes this journey uh, bearable, joyful, uh, meaningful, Mm -hmm. to use your word. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that show does it so beautifully. Mm. Yeah, that's the think the sort of wrapping up of that show is, you know, Orpheus's tragic character. He's we sort of the, the conceit of the show is this song, you know, the song or this like tale that we're going to tell over and over, even though we actually do know how it ends, mm. which is true of life. Mm-hmm. We do know how it ends. So. House lights dim. There's a drink in your head. What is the promise of this night that brought you here with your friends? Stage lights burn, guitar in my hand. Tell me what is the promise of this night 
that brought us here with this band. And what is that promise that brought all of us to this stage? All roads lead to this backroom bar, and all roads will carry us away into the night. All things go. Things come while the heart still pounds inside of our chest. We move to the beat of the drum, ring out glory, sing out love. While we still have breath inside of our lungs, we're lifting our voices up into the night. Into. That song is from Robinson and Rowe off their new album coming out May 26th. The album is also called Into the Night. Track you just listened to, Into the Night, album out on May 26th, 2023 on Righteous Babe Records, also called Into the Night. And you can pre-order that album at robinsonandrowe.com forward slash store. And I'll put that website up along with all their things in the show notes. Nick Jana, how in the heck are you? And if I start listening to that album in the afternoon, how long can I listen to it? Well, I think probably the build into the night is a stretch that begins when night uh, originally ended, the last night. So it's a good window, really, for the album to play. Uh, and worth acknowledging, yes, Nick Jana is on the road. Usually I feel like his his sound quality is... <laughs> 
just smoother and <laughs> slicker than mine, but it, he's recording from the road and we got to make it work. Um, so good to get these check-ins about where you're at. Do you have some shows coming up, some Spectrum tea services? Uh, for all of our fans in Wichita, Kansas. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'll yes. be there this weekend. I get to. Uh, I also get to play uh, with the ballet there. They're doing this event for their uh, open. You know, they have like a first Friday art opening at mm-hmm. the place where I'm doing the two services, and the ballet is going to come in and dance while I play music. And then they call it living statues, so they pose for three minutes while people draw them in the middle of their dance. And then they go back to dancing all while I, I play music along with them. That sounds wonderful. Sometimes I wish I could just transport to each of your shows while you're traveling. Um, speaking of traveling, everybody, this closing to the episode here today is going to be quicker than most because I'm off to San Quentin for my weekly visit to do facilitation with the light keepers in there, the suicide prevention group, peer support suicide prevention, community supporting community. And Nick, yesterday when I was in the hospital visiting Mm -hmm. cancer patients, I walked into a room and a woman and her partner, her husband were in there and I asked them how they were doing. And she told me immediately that she just found out that they had only, um, she only had a few weeks to live. Um, The treatment wasn't working. And when I first walked in, before I found that out, they asked me if I was the chaplain. Mm. And I said, I get that asked a lot, um, but I'm not. But even still at the end of our time, where really it was amazing, like I'm used to in hospice, it was a lot of life review. She she wanted to talk about her jobs mm. and her career a lot. Mm. And she admitted that it was emphasized by the steroids that she was on, but she was really like enlivening to chat with and so positive and talked very openly about this, this kind of death sentence. Um, and anyway, before I left, the husband asked me to pray for them. And I don't remember the last time I did that, Mm. but I said, yes. And, uh, and so Nick, before I leave here today, to go into San Quentin, I want to ask you to say a spontaneous prayer on record <laughs> for my trip into San Quentin. Uh, would you do that for me? To, to Jesus or? Well, I don't know. You know, that's such a good question because I definitely, that's what they were asking for, or at least that was their belief context. Mm, okay. And I needed to, I said, you know, like, I don't do this. I mean, I was very honest with them and it felt like an honor. And so I made a prayer to God or a God. I, I, I settled back into old ways. I know of prayers from being in church in my, in my time during high school. Um, it's a great question. You know, it's like, I don't know who I was praying to. I don't know, but I know what it meant to them. Yeah. yeah. And, and that mattered to me a great deal. And I didn't feel like I was faking it. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's left me thinking about prayer and my own need for it more often. Yeah. So say mm-hmm. a little prayer for me. Dear Great Spirit, please protect Ned as he goes into San Quentin. Please give him sparkly glittering boundaries that dazzle and enchant the people around him, but protect his energy 
and his well-being and his happiness. And please allow him to exist in that place as fully as he can and also to retain everything we love about him fully as he leaves and returns to his family. Mm. Thank you, Great Spirit. Amen. Do you pray a lot? Uh, not out loud. Um, I saw a quote today that said, a prayer is just whatever you say when you're on your knees, uh, which I took even you know more metaphorically, like when you're yeah, ne- right. needing something, when you're speaking a need, you know, or speaking mm-hmm. a gratitude or speaking that. Um, I like that. Yeah. My performances lately have merged a lot with prayer um, mm-hmm. and asking people to um, put out, you know, words uh, for their ancestors and, it's it's getting close to that. <laughs> that maybe it'll just tip the scales to just be that pretty <laughs> yeah. soon. Maybe in Wichita. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Nick. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. I, I I really mean it. Thanks for those words. Yeah. And thank you all for listening. These prayers are for you too. We hope you're well. We hope this episode met you where you're at. And we hope you'll get back here for more when you need it. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. Bye-bye. 